hello, everybody, and welcome to Retro Encounter, episode 84. Uh, I'm Robert Fenner, and I'm joined by Peter Treisenberg today. Hello. We're coming up to the end of May, uh, and soon it'll be summer vacation, and I'm just wondering, where has the year gone? It's as fleeting as a dream, so fittingly, we're waxing dreamlike to discuss what-if games, the games that we'd like to see made. Yeah, this, I mean, where, where has the year gone? We've all been playing Persona is the answer to that question. Even, even if you're listening to this in May, that still holds true. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm typically pretty easy around this kind of thing. Um, I look to RPGs primarily to see a point of view outside my own. So when I think about the games that I'd like to see made, I think that, you know, like, I should probably just make them, but I don't have the talent to do that. So... I'm I'm clinging to these ideas to you know one day make a big sweeping cyberpunk RPG because the world needs more of those. I, I know Cosmic Star Heroin was recently released. I haven't had a chance to look to check that out. I'm sure it would scratch scratch an itch. But but yeah, how, how about you, Peter? Yeah, Cosmic Star has definitely got some some uh, cyberpunk elements going for it. It's uh, the Fantasy Star meets Chrono Trigger. I I haven't played beyond the title screen, unfortunately. <laughs> a ringing endorsement then. There's also uh, the, the the CD Projekt Red uh, cyberpunk, cyberpunk game coming out. Yeah, sometime between now and, and 2020, I believe. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, yeah, so it's a bit of a wide range. Yeah, probably quicker than than I could put one out. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, back to the topic at hand. Uh, we are talking about about what if games, the games that we'd like to see made. Um, Peter, let's start with you. Is there anything? Um, in particular that uh, you're hoping to get made or that you 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 know you dream will be made one day well and, and when we were when we were thinking about this topic um, uh, one thing that immediately springs springs to mind and I think I've, I've mentioned this on another show before is that um I've always wanted to see something different from alpha dream uh, the, the company that makes the Mario and Luigi games oh yeah uh, because I, I really think that company especially with um uh, Mario and Luigi Dream Team and Paper Jam they've got this great visual style going and um, but you know they've made five of these games so you know maybe it's time for them to take a break and and uh, try something different and um, uh, the, the idea I've sort of been kicking around I think would be really fun would be if um, if Nintendo just kind of gave them the toy box and was like okay do what you've been doing. Make make an RPG, but for all Nintendo characters, not just Mario and Luigi, and be, like a Super Smash type RPG. I just in my head, I just have sort of have like, so what if you made a party of like Link, Kirby, Mario, and Stannis, <laughs> and you just went adventuring and like, yeah, I think I think you could do all sorts of crazy stuff with that. Like, like the Mario RPGs have um have had these little side scrolling sections um in in them, so you could work something in where like maybe you have you need instead of like doing the uh the mario shrinks after you hit him with a hammer thing you have samus uh use her morph ball to get around into tight spaces hmm. and different different characters that have different ways i think there'd be a lot i think there's there could be some really creative ways to just combine elements from other nintendo series into one kind of little mega mega game um in the style of the mario and luigi games but just with a bit more variety it's a really great idea. I like the idea of like a of a Nintendo All Star is like kind of taking the shape of like a Project X Zone, um, but not playing like that because I, I 
those games don't really appeal to me. But you know, the idea of it being you know this kind of um, fun and freewheeling RPG like the Mario and Luigi games, but with um, I don't know maybe maybe you know like as you said, using characters to get into different places, kind of like 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 Lost Vikings maybe, but with an RPG built around it. <laughs> Yeah, like you, you need to get into this area, switch over to Samus, and uh, and uh, go in there. Oh, you need to blow up this wall. Well, that's what Link is for. Uh, just, but um, the thing is, the because the Mario and the Ouija games, uh, one of their hallmarks is this kind of self-referential humor. Like they're kind of like uh, poking fun at Nintendo tropes. Yeah. Um, but but since they've made you know five of these games, you know, there's only so many so many things about Mario you can make fun of before you're just you know you're telling the same joke, <laughs> and it's a funny joke. Yeah. But I think that that would open the door for so much more referential humor that I think it would be it would feel uh, fresh by comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I always wanted to play their. I want to say it was their first game, the Tomato Adventure on Game Boy Advance. I've, I've heard. I've heard of that. But... Messed around with that a little bit in Japanese, but I haven't really given it a good look. But I hear it's got. It's kind of like a more adventure game take on that, with you know, like using different abilities to to uh, traverse the land. So. You know, if if Alpha Dream were able to to branch out and you know maybe flex their flex their muscles a little bit and and break free of of this you know the template that they've been following for the past I think more than a decade now. Um, yeah, I think, I think Superstar Saga came out in like two thousand four. I so think like. so. Yeah, it was quite a while ago now. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, something along those lines. Just I, I, I it's always it's always. I, I mean, I appreciate developers like you know sticking to what they know and making things that people enjoy. That, that's, I don't think that's a bad thing. But yeah. there's something to be yeah. said, like you know, just letting them branch out and try new things because you never know when they might hit upon something good. And like I had the same deal with a uh, Camelot. Like you know, they've been stuck making uh, Mario sports titles for however many years, and I'm just like, guys, you have Golden Sun. Do something with it. Make another sequel like, to Beyond the Beyond. We're making. <laughs> Yeah, I, I forgot that Camelot was still around. I'm sorry, isn't Peter. that basically what Golden Sun was? Kind of, yeah. But those games were actually decent. The Golden Sun games, yeah. at least I thought so. And Beyond the Beyond is. Uh, me and Mike Solosi agree that that's a really, really awful PlayStation One game. So I, so I've heard. <laughs> but you know, it, that's it's Camelot have such a great pedigree. You know, from. Uh, collaborating on those early those early shining force games as well um there's a lot of a lot of uniqueness to their approach so um it's a shame that they haven't really been able to to put that to use in in such a long time yeah definitely it's just i just i just wish i wish nintendo would let their devs out of the stable a little more often um and and who knows maybe with the the advent of the switch you know this is the obligatory the switch is here the future is infinite conversation that we've been having Mm mm-hmm but um, but like that that could open the door for for some new new horizons. I mean, Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild switched up a lot of stuff, so maybe we'll start seeing some fresh some new fresh stuff from Nintendo. I don't know. Yeah, but that'd be exciting. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, but that my 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 that would be my first my first like when I go to like what is my hypothetical dream game that no one has made yet uh, uh super smash rpg is probably the first thing that comes to mind <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a really cute idea i really like it um coincidentally uh one of my dreams is um 
you know, on the flip side of the uh, '90s console wars, I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see Sega make a bit of a resurgence and uh, maybe put out uh, another uh, single player Fantasy Star game. Um, I was a big fan of those of the uh, Master System game and some of the Genesis games as well. So um, I always felt a little crestfallen when it just became Fantasy Star Online and and kind of um, you know offline versions of that. <laughs> you know, they kind of mm-hmm. use that framework, but yeah. Um, so I, Sega are another company that have such a pedigree of putting out unique. Um, RPGs that aren't really followed up on. I mean, Skies of Arcadia is is a big example. Um, the Shining Force games. I'm not really sure what's happened to those. I mean, it seems like they're. I think they're putting out a fighting game now. Shining has tried like everything under the sun except for what made them good to begin with. Yeah, they put out like some <laughs> some weird kind of Diablo style games in the about ten years ago. I want to say. Um, and even when they made like another strategy RPG in Japan, like I, 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 I remember hearing things about that briefly, but it wasn't very good. They had that action RPG that looked, looked like Bad Tales. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Shining Resonance. Is that the one with, like, the, with the with the porno artist? Is he their new guy now, Tony Taka? I I think he does uh, other stuff now. I I, I I I guess I don't really know. I was the one where you could turn into the guy with like a dragon. Okay. I think the last one I played was Shining Tears, which was a very, very slow... It kind of felt like a 2D Dynasty Warriors game. Huh. Uh, which, that's totally what we go to, to Shining Force for. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's crappy Dynasty Warriors knockoffs. Okay. Um, as much as I'd like to see um, a traditional Shining Force game again, I mean, now that um, Camelot are... Are they owned by Nintendo now? Are they second party? Um, I... I don't know, actually. I'm going to look this up really quick, but um, uh, but you you raise a good point just about like with Fantasy Star is like Fantasy Star Online, you know, came it was really popular. It did a lot of a lot of um, uh, innovate innovative things, but um, but we still haven't gotten the fantasy the actual Fantasy Star two yet, have we? Uh, that's correct. We <clears throat> we have not, and it, um, just looks, it looks like it we're seems not like going that's to. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of behind the, behind the, its prime now, and they had like um, a bunch of you know spinoffs like that, um, uh, like like uh, Fantasy Star Zero. Remember that for yeah. DS? Yeah, I do. That, like, yeah, like that. They're just like just weird, kind of not good offshoots of Fantasy Star Online. It's like, and I haven't played any of the Fantasy Star games. I have Fantasy Star Four. Um, it's been on my to do list for ages. But like, if like now that like Sega own, like owns Atlas, I'd just be like, guys, you have you have you have this right here. Have them make Fantasy Star Five. Do it. Hmm. <laughs> Fantasy Star Zero. Fantasy that, Star that was Zero. Um, that was very mean of them to uh, to call that game that. <laughs> that uh, I think that stirred up a lot of false hope in uh, in, in a lot of people, myself included. Uh, but yeah, I I, I, I don't we, think. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, just going back to the Camelot thing really quick. Um, yeah, yeah. It says they partnered with Nintendo. I don't think they're owned by them. Okay, uh, so they're... They, they, they also created Waluigi, so... Oh, they did, didn't they? Maybe that's why we don't yeah. see him in, in, in anything but uh, but those sports games and Mario yeah. Party. Yep, he's Mario, ten- Mario Tennis. They was created for that. But yeah, um, 
Uh, yeah, I was a big fan of Fantasy Star 4 um, myself. And you know, maybe one of the special things about that series is that it was just so um, so short. And, you know, it, it lasted, let me think, 1987 to... It, it only lasted a good six years uh, before, um, you know, before they closed the book on it. The, the, the end of that game was supposed to be the end of the entire... Uh, history of strife in that universe. So, I mean, I guess, you know, quitting while you're ahead, there's something to be said for that. But um, I think Rieko Kodama uh, is uh, an extremely talented um, creator and director, um, you know, for her work on Fantasy Star and her production work on uh, Skies of Arcadia. Um, I know Mm -hmm. that she she produced uh, the first Seventh Dragon game as well, but I haven't played that. Oh, yeah. But... um, I'd like to see her helm a project again. I think she's she's not really doing much outside of um, you know uh, executive executive stuff now that she's at a higher position of Sega, which is you know that's the tale as old as time in the Japanese gaming industry. But right, that's another thing I'd like to see. Um, the shout, shout shout out to Alana since she's not here. But um, I really need a, I need Skies of Arcadia HD like right now. <laughs> It would be great. I mean, I'm I'm not sure how much work uh, would be entailed in making that happen, but um, I I'm sure it would be at least marginally successful. I'd, I mean, I'd definitely yeah, you, buy a copy day one. I'd love to play. That yeah, game. I mean, well, because I've never I've never played Skies of Arcadia, and I've I've Ooh. always wanted to. Yeah, like it was, but it's one of those things where like okay, so I could get I could pick it up on GameCube, but it's like okay, that's more money than I really want to spend on one video game right now, and it's like. And but I feel like it would be a perfect opportunity, for, like you know, because they really put out Grand Grandia Two on, on Steam. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the Sonic Adventure games have been on a uh, have been on PS three for ages. Oh, like, have they? Okay. It, and I'm just so I'm just yeah yeah they had they, they've had those on the HD with uh, with trophies and everything for uh, for a while now. So it's like I feel like if, if Sega wanted to start like uh, putting out more Dreamcast titles hmm. on a. PlayStation Store or something, you, you, even if it was just like a, a twenty dollars download or something, like I'd pay that for Skies of Arcadia. Yeah. I don't need, I don't need like, just make it available. Is what I'm saying. I mean, it's it's newer than a Dreamcast title, but it seems like Valkyria Chronicles got a new lease, a new lease on life after its uh, Steam and then PS4 re-releases. So definitely, and now we're and now we're getting that uh, that other game, which uh, doesn't look great, but whatever. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it does does not look good. <laughs> But um, at least we're at least we're getting it. Like, I mean, that's 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 there's something to be said for that. Like, yeah. Like, even if like okay, so even if it's not quite what we want out of the franchise, like at least the games are coming out in the the West. Oh, absolutely. That's a, that's a very good sign that you know, yeah, not, not being passed up for that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Sega have not been great about releasing <laughs> releasing the games that people want in the West lately. <laughs> no, 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 not really. <laughs> Alas. Seventh Dragon Three, any good? And this is completely off topic, but you I, mentioned it earlier. I have never played any of the Seventh Dragon titles. I gotta admit. Oh, actually, yeah, I skipped. I skipped. I, I was kind of curious in Seventh Dragon Three, just because um one of one of the character classes is um the duelist. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they use like they use trading cards and set traps and summon monsters, and I'm just like, oh right. <laughs> yeah, because you're a big yeah. Yu Gi Oh guy, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I, I'm going to make a whole party of these guys, and nobody can stop me. Um, but I never actually played play the game. So Derek's uh, got a review of it up. I think he gave it like a, a 75 or or an 80. I mean, he he was f- fairly complimentary about it, if I remember correctly. But um, 
check out his review on RPGFan.com, folks. Um, yeah, I was always meaning to play the first game because uh, that was uh, it was a collaboration between Rieko Kodama and uh, and the director of Etrian Odyssey, and it seemed like uh, the it seems like Seventh Dragon and Etri- and the, at least the first uh, Seventh Dragon and uh, Etrian Odyssey shared a lot of characteristics and. And I, I'm a big fan of those games, so uh, I've been meaning to see mm-hmm. exactly what this series has to offer. Um, it seems like it's just kind of turned into like this, you know, post-apocalyptic Tokyo series, which um, <laughs> is in vogue at the moment. But yeah, you know, ninety <laughs> percent like of anime. What? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, the first one, the first one was unique and different. I remember seeing a blurb about that in a, in a, a Nintendo Power a while ago, but when that was when magazine was still a thing, and then you know it never came over here, so I never heard anything else about it. But um, yeah, um, maybe who knows? Anything else on your mind, uh, Peter? Before we before we uh, before I move on to <laughs> my next uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> hmm. I mean, I mean, mo- a lot of. Uh, the things that I really would like to see are mostly just re-releases of games that I never got a chance to play. Like, you know, I mean, everyone can say, like, I want Mother 3 over here. I want a, a second Densetsu 3 over here, which um, hopefully that Switch kit collection. Please. Please, Square. That would be great, yeah. <laughs> it looks so good. <laughs> I just, I need it. And we've we've um, been deprived that game for so long. I mean, Japan has been deprived it, too. It's never had an eShop or... Or virtual console release, so you know that game hasn't yeah. been seen in an official capacity for twenty-two years now. So that's just—it's—it's it's time. Um, yeah. uh, I guess one thing, um, and and this is this is less of a specific idea and more just a hypothetical, uh, a continuation I'd like to see. But um, did you play um, uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions uh, SMT X Fire Emblem? I, I played a little bit of it, yeah. See, I, I, I know, I know, it, I know that it was a little. It was. I, I read your your uh, blog post about the uh, the current state of SMT, and I liked a, a lot of your arguments. But um, I lo- I love Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I thought it was a great game, um, uh, and I would really like to see. Um, uh, more, honestly, I would like to see more of that. Like more. Um, not not even just a continuation of that. Like, but you could do it with other um, Nintendo franchises again. Just do something crazy. Like sure. do SMT X Pokemon. <laughs> because why not? <laughs> they they did it with uh, with Nobunaga's ambition. So right. So like I mean, at this point, like I mean, the, the sky the sky's the limit. Like yeah, you, you have the, your your strategy RPG with um feudal warlords in Japan, except um one of them has a Rayquaza for yeah. some reason. <laughs> so um, this is I I thought Tokyo Mirage was a really fun idea. Um, and I would like to see uh I would like to see it developed further. I don't think it's a bad game. Um, I think if if they were to do another game in the style of Tokyo Mirage Sessions, I think I'd like to see more of uh, more of a Nintendo influence there. I mean the 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 Fire Emblem influence there, you know, outside of, of um, proper nouns and the weapon triangle, it was kind of um, kind of invisible. I got to say, I mean, oh yeah, it's very it's very mi- minimal up until I mean even I mean the even the other than like the final boss of the game is mm-hmm. but um but other than that it's like yeah it's it's mostly referential the the, the game itself is kind of like persona like yeah which is already smt light i kind of felt like the concept got lost in um in the final product uh, of of tokyo mirage session you know it, it they, yeah, they they build it as this you know this great coming together of these two franchises and then everything was just so 
uh, it had its own unique spin, um, you know, which is fine. Uh, I'm always thrilled to see, um, you know, new ideas and, and new characters, but um, I didn't really see many of the collaborative efforts there uh, um, yeah. in practice. But. That's fair enough, and but I, I, my my weird take, my take on that was like um when they first announced um the collaboration, I wasn't really interested because I actually had you know, you mentioned project um project cross zone earlier yeah and that was what I had in my head was like oh it's gonna be like they're gonna make just a, an, an SRPG it's gonna be and with all the characters and it's gonna be super lame and then um the trailer then they showed that really first weird. trailer yeah then they showed that first trailer where it was like whoa this looks different yeah. I don't know if you remember the, the very, very first teaser trailer they put out, which was just like key art of SMT and Fire Emblem characters um, <laughs> over like the past twenty years. Yeah, some, and I'm just like that's boring. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it looked it was a really underwhelming trailer. Maybe they, you know, maybe they caught that from it, and that's why it underwent such a uh, such a, 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 a redo. I mean, that it was a good. I want to say it was about two years between its announcement and then that first real trailer coming out. So, yeah, we heard we heard nothing, and I feel I feel like that's more a case of like we we had this I, this collaboration in motion, but we didn't have anything to show. Yeah, it seems that so way. It's like the, it's the Tetsuya Nomura effect. Hmm. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that would that, that's something I'd like to see. Uh, you had something particularly fascinating to me, though, um, on a on a, on a SMT related note, though. Oh yeah, sure. Oh. Um, well, on the topic of Atlas, um, there's a lot of things that I'd like to see um, the SMT series do. Um, you know, I, I like um, I like some of the rare SMT games that take place outside of Tokyo or or outside of Japan. I mean, I think a lot of people really love the setting of of Inaba in uh, Persona Four. Um, that said, I think Persona 5's take on Tokyo is really unique and and a really fun uh, look at that city that we don't usually see in these games. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, this is part of the reason why I find Digital Devil Saga and, and Strange Journey to be so appealing. They take place in these weird um, post-apocalyptic hellscapes, um, but also the Raido games, the Rido game. which uh, it, uh, take place in Tokyo, but it's a very, it's a very, very different glimpse of Tokyo. It's um, uh, uh, early 20th century, so, so it feels like a different locale. Um, so I, I'd like to see I like to see those games move away from uh, move away from Tokyo. Um, not necessarily, you know, whitewashing or Americanization or anything, um, but uh, with Tokyo always at the forefront of like a uh, what's implied to be a uh, worldwide apocalypse. I'd kind of like to see what's going on outside. Um, at the same time, um, SMT is one of those series that's very much tied up in Japanese fears and anxieties. Um, I think you and I were discussing this in relation to um, the recent Ghost in the Shell film on Facebook recently, and and the clam- oh, yeah. and the negative response towards um, the uh, development hell uh, American Akira movie. Um, you know, SMT one uh, early on has the Americans carry out a nuclear strike on Japan, um, but part of me wonders like. Oh, <laughs> what is the rest of the world like? You know, what what is what is America like when it's um, governed by uh, the forces of law and and the angels and they're they're bombing the rest of the world? Um, so I'd, I'd, I'd quite like to see that. But um, 
what we mentioned earlier uh, briefly uh, is a um, a glimpse of a Persona game that never was. Um, there's an interview with um, Satomi Tadashi, uh, Kazuma Kanako, and Koji Okada in um, the uh, Persona World book um, that came out uh, in 1996, uh, in which they talk about this early oh, wow. first draft of, of Persona 1 uh, that they had to scrap because they couldn't make it work, um, in which the students of St. Hermelin's High School uh, go, on a, uh, go on a school trip uh, when uh, this disaster occurs, so um, you end up having the idea was you have to um, fight Persona users from other schools. It kind of sounded like a SMT Lord of the Flies to me, like Battle Royal kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, so I, I I really have a fascination with these you know early drafts and and you know ideas of games that never were or that oh, were never meant oh, to definitely. be. Definitely. You know, that, that always prevents kind of an interesting situation where it's like you just kind of can't help but wonder what could have been. And um, it, especially like like I, I watch a lot like uh, the, the did you did you know gaming that YouTube channel and you just find so many early concepts for uh, for games like that. That does sound really fascinating. Did like, they say why they couldn't make it work? It is in there. I mean, if if you search Tumblr, you'll find this um, interview without too much uh, trouble. I, I think like they couldn't find a way to make it tie up with the mechanics of the game very well. And from what I understand, right. um, the uh, first Persona game went through at least a dozen scripts uh, oh, and, and concepts before they settled on one in the end. So I think it was Satomi Tadashi's first time writing for a game. So I see. It, took them a while to get there but I, i'd love to see the um scrap notes for some of these um early revisions you know yeah that's always a, that's always that's always something a really interesting thing to hear is and with just st- story concepts in general for rpgs hmm. like because game because game design if fundamental fundamentally like like you're working with existing technology and you're existing with a set of mechanics that support the, the game that you're creating and with RPGs, you're also trying to tell a story, and all those elements have to kind of work in harmony. Yeah. So yeah, like it's really interesting when you see like rejected drafts for things that could have been. And it's like, and like so like what, and then like what if this had come out? Like would 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 and would Persona have 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 taken off as much as it did? Like late like years down the road? Like it's so, it, it it's always such a, a bizarre line line of thought to go down. I think. I mean, no matter what, Persona kind of had to re- reinvent itself before it took off, which is it did, and that, kind that, of interesting what, to think about. Which, which yeah, is what it did with uh, with three because um we got a uh, because and then they kind of went back and uh, the, the they did the the PSP remake of Persona One with the uh, the the new uh, <laughs> translation and opening and all that stuff, which is weird. I, I I was I was watching like someone someone put together like a, a video list of all the persona openings yeah. and i'm watching i was watching this it's like comparing like the quiet subdued but really really low tech opening of persona one on the ps on the ps1 versus the shoji maguro like j-pop trippy imagery like what is going on <laughs> the the way that they you know tried to bring those games intros into um modern territory i feel like it it never really worked um, no, I don't think it worked at all. The, those games were very much a product of their time, and there's a certain tone that they have that uh, completely, completely clashes with with those redone intros, and and the redone soundtrack in Persona One as well is completely ill fitting to what's going on in that game. 
Well, it, it's the same deal with a lot of like old Final Fantasy compared to like modern stuff when they tried to like bring when you try to bring in like um like Dissidia, I think is a good way of a good way of showcasing this when you try to bring in like Furion and um uh characters from the older FF game and then put them up against Cloud and Squall and just kind of the 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 modern angsty JRPG protagonist it just it, the 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 styles they they kind of they kind of have to like meld the two styles together into kind of overwhelming bland anime cliche yeah. with Dissidia. but it's like um D and D character sheet um model versus um Tetsuya Nomura belt fetishist and then exactly you know, yeah <laughs> trying to bring everybody into a cohesive style um yeah I played a little bit of Dissidia and that always yeah, it, it always kind of bothered me looking at those earlier characters with these um, sort of fashion-forward redesigns. It just never really made a lot of sense to me. I mean, I, I like I like the city's art. I can never get I can never get into the combat. I'm hoping that the the, the arcade version actually makes its way over here at some point though, because it looks pretty fun. I tried but, to play. Uh, the, I could not figure it out for the life of me. I played a little bit of the first one, and I just did not get it. I'm it's way more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah, the story of a of Phoenix's life. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, that does sound. Uh, just going back, but going back to the Persona One thing, that does sound really interesting. Like I, the I, I might have to go look this up after after we're done here. Hmm. Um. Yeah, Satomi Tadashi, he's somebody that I, I, I want to see more of, of what he's uh, written, whether, uh, you know, the scrap stuff or or ideas or, or anything that he's done. I, I really like his uh, style of storytelling. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, checking out um, Caligula, which is probably out by the time you're hearing this. But I mean, I don't have I'm, the highest of hopes because it's food. I, I am... Yeah, I'm curious about that one as well. Like, I'm I was surprised that it was even coming over here. Um, even as just a, a digital release. Yeah. But um, the story concept's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game doesn't look good, but <laughs> yeah, it does not look good. <laughs> that the, the, just the if if if, any, if um, listeners, if you've seen the first uh, story, the first uh, story trailer for the Caligula effect, um, as it's being lo- localized as, um, the the frame rate. Um, during the gameplay section they show is like single digits bad. That's a pretty embarrassing trailer that they put out. Gotta say, yeah, but you know, much like yourself, um, there is such a wealth of RPGs out there that either aren't, uh, haven't been available for a long time, or were never available in English. So um, I, I too am interested in seeing a, a lot of re-releases. You know, impossible re-releases probably. Like. Um, uh, I was always interested in the uh, the Tenge Makio series, or the Far East of Eden, which was this whole um, this whole series by uh, Red Company um, that started on the on the PC Engine, uh, which was essentially yeah. uh, Dragon Quest in in ancient Japan. Uh, we never huh. got any of those games except for one arcade fighting game. So, <laughs> well, whatever whatever sells, right? Yeah. <laughs> So that was just, you know, a, a huge um, and fairly successful um, series of, of, of RPGs that we just have never seen. Um, the uh, fourth entry in particular looks really interesting to me. It was this uh, this Saturn game uh, set in, I want to say, like the beginning of the 20th century in in uh, in America. It looks like kind of a, a Shadow Hearts uh, to the New World, um, oh, nice. larger than life parody of America. 
Um, coincidentally, I mean, since it's red, I guess it's the same. This probably there's some some uh, crossover in development stuff uh, between uh, Tenge Machia Four and and um, Sakura Wars. Uh, so long, my love, the one that was set in the in the ridiculous over the top New York. So. Uh, the one that the yeah, <laughs> I remember that game. I I, I I may have tricked my roommate into buying that game at some point. <laughs> um, he was uh, he he. I don't even remember how this came up in conversation, but some somehow he ended up buying um he ended up buying a a, a copy of Sakura Wars So Long My Love for for the Wii, and then um uh, he, he got it, and then he played it all night with like my entire our entire suite was watching it just in, in, in incredulity, just like what is this game? <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of great and terrible at the same time. <laughs> That's, that can describe so much so much of what we cover at RPG Fan. <laughs> Not even I would kind think of, so. it's kind of great <laughs> if you have terrible taste. <laughs> It's got that. Um, it's got that wonderful uh, uh, the version of Hamlet that they do, where uh, the lady uh, the lady ruins it by saying, uh, um, "To be or to to be or not to be is not the question. It's how to be and how to go on." And everybody claps. It's like mm, I studied. We studied this crap. We 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 know you got it wrong. Uh, there. Uh, speaking of, of of you mentioned so like un- unreleased um Sines games going on um super super Famicom games uh Bahamut Lagoon is something I've always wanted to play that oh, never yeah. came because I've I've seen like the the, the like, just some of the artwork and the, the 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 sprite work for that game like the dragon yeah that's so was... neat and it's it seems like something that like looks gorgeous and um another like little lesser known game uh, there's a uh, Treasure of the Rudras. Um, Rudra no Hiho, I think it is. Um, that yeah. looks super interesting. It's the one where it's like you have to like actually like put together spells from a list of keywords, which I think was why um it never got officially localized because that was a lot of a uh, that would be a lot of work to make to make happen in a in English script. But someone fan tran- did a, did a fan translation for it. So yeah, apparently it was they a were programming it. nightmare to do that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, that would that it's no wonder. But like this is. There's there's a lot we, there are a lot of great um, super Super Nintendo RPGs. You know, it's one of the probably one of the best systems for this for this genre. But um, a lot of just weird ambitious stuff just never left Japan. Like Square and Enix between them, they have such a back catalog of of dozens of dozens of games that um, you know they must still have the rights to, which would be um, amazing to see again in some capacity. Yeah, I mean, if Terra if Terranigma got like an official re-release at some point, I'd definitely give that another try. God, I think Nintendo have the rights to that, at least in English, anyway. So, so come on, guys! Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, he... I really like that whole trilogy. In fact, I mean, Soul Blazer was a little bit rough <laughs> going back to. Yeah, but that whole series resonated with me um, pretty well. It's quite... And we are starting. We are starting to actually see some of that because um, um, Aki uh, uh, what uh, Kawazu on Twitter. That's um, right. He's, uh, he's bringing over Romancing Saga two and three on uh, the Vita. Um, well, let's and, hope so. I mean, he's <laughs> what was it about a well, year ago that he said, "Please wait a little longer for the Vita version of two? That's true, but it's. I mean, it's not like it's been outright canceled yet. So maybe fingers crossed. We got the the mobile version, which I mean, who cares? But 
at least there's a chance. <laughs> I, I, I wish I was more enthusiastic about that mobile version, but a friend uh, showed me uh, showed me it playing on his phone, and the touchscreen just seemed to not work very well at all. And I mean, you don't need any precise movements in that game, but it just looked like it was a real chore to play. Yeah, that's that's always kind of the 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 problem you run into with um with these mobile ports of RPGs. Oh yeah, speaking of things, things I want to see, um, I want a, a proper FF6 release, Square. Oh yeah, um, none, none of this mobile Steam garbage. Give us the original sprites, like that Game Boy Advance version. The original art great. style. Yeah, do yeah, take the yeah the GBA version's great, but like do that, make, make it HD. I don't care what you have to do. Don't just don't ruin it again. It's so torturous. They put the they put that advance the Game Boy Advance version on the the Japanese Wii U Virtual Console, but um, we've we've gone without it over here. Yeah, and I'd buy that in a heartbeat. Like, oh, they're yeah. still putting Virtual Console games on the Wii U. I'm hoping that means they'll eventually bring the bring bring the shop over to the Switch instead of starting from scratch. Because they're still like they they just put out like a couple more games on the thing like That's last the, week. They put out some Rayman games. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like so. Like, I mean, so clearly you're still supporting the eShop, even though the Wii U is a discontinued system. So can you please like bring this over to the Switch eventually? But eh. you know they're just going to put out Urban Champion again on Switch as soon as they can, probably. <laughs> or, or they're gonna, or they're gonna make, or they're gonna start underprinting um, Sines minis. Hmm, definitely. <laughs> oh, oh God, did you did you see that that thing uh, floating around on on Twitter where it was like um. We have simultaneously announced and canceled the N64 Mini. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. In, in order to get the one of five copies that we have created, you must go to this booth in the middle of the desert and fight John Cena, who we have been starving for several days. <laughs> uh, flashback to the Amiibo days. I know, right? You gotta, you gotta work if you if you want that little. Uh, little uh roy miniature on your shelf <laughs> uh but yeah <laughs> video games <laughs> you gotta love them well th- that's pretty much the end of my list peter i don't know if you have any final thoughts before we wrap up today's episode i mean not i don't really have any other like grand grand ambitions in my head i feel like a lot of uh surprisingly a lot of these uh these what ifs seem to be happening nowadays. Like you know, we live in an age where uh, uh, Final Fantasy 15 finally came out. Um, just like uh, Persona Five, Persona Five's out. It's like all these games that we kind of wished were had been waiting for and wishing to see. And it's like um, so the as far as hypotheticals go, I think um, there's a, I, I like to be surprised at, at the end of the day. Yeah, I think. Uh, same here. Gosh, you know, with uh, with the big long wait to Persona Five, and now that it's finally finally out, I'm not really sure what to look forward to on the horizon now. Oh God! <laughs> once I, I I haven't finished Persona Five at the time of this recording, but once I once I once I do, I'm just going to be like, what am I doing with my life anymore? <laughs> uh, waiting for Persona Six, I guess. Atlas, can we get a quick turnaround on that? Oh, they got they've got to make Persona Five dancing and and fighting first, don't they? <laughs> After they 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 put in like twenty trademarks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, 
as you said, stranger things have happened. Um, I never thought we'd see uh, another saga game. Um, Japan recently got a brand new one, Saga Scarlet Grace on on Vita at the end of last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Hearing that Romancing Saga Three is coming in some capacity to to mobile and hopefully uh, to Vita as well is is fantastic news. I think that is one of Kawazu's most accessible and enjoyable games. So. Um, now that that's getting a, a, a second breath uh, and a, a first release in English, that's that's uh, that's excellent. Um, so hey, we can want for nothing. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Just it seems like with just modern technology, you know, just like it seems like anything, really anything can happen. Yeah. So why hasn't it happened yet? <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. It will see. Indeed. Well, folks, I think that's where we'll wrap up this evening. Um, We have been Retro Encounter. Uh, This has been episode 84. Uh, Stay tuned in the next few weeks in June, uh, where our uh, illustrious usual hosts will be tackling uh, Dragon Quest V, a uh, fan favorite in the Dragon Quest series, if uh, if I'm to be... uh, if, 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 If I know my Dragon Quest. So good. So good. It is really good. I just don't think I can put in the time investment this time. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I've got, I've still got uh, seven and eight three DS on my shelf, so I feel like there's too much Dragon Quest in my life already. But that's neither here nor there. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Peter, where can people find you? Um, people can find me at I Have Fury on Twitter. I'm also I Have Fury on the boards. You can also email me uh, Peter T at RPGFan.com. I am on Twitter at MissAnthroBob, on the boards as TownsCarMarty, and you can email me at uh, RobertF at RPGFan.com. And uh, I'm sure we'd love to hear from you. Do write in and uh, tell us what uh, what your what-if games would be. Maybe we can do a mailbag at some point and return to this. That would be know. fun. Yeah, who knows? So, uh, let, let, yeah, let us know. We always, always, love, always love hearing from people. And with that, uh, we wish you a uh, good day or good evening. Have a good one, guys.